Hallelujah. Let's open up our mouths right now and just thank the Lord Jesus. Let's just thank Him in the evening time for His grace and His mercy. How He has blessed you, how He's filled you, how He's called you. Oh, Jesus, we want to open up our hearts tonight. Lift up our hands. While we're alive, while we're living, while there's breath, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, let it be recorded tonight in your presence that we love you. And that we believe you. And that we trust you. And that we look to you tonight with all of our hearts, Lord. Oh, Jesus, while the world is going their way and getting caught up in Laodicea, let us get more caught up in you tonight and worship you, the King of Kings. Come down in our midst, Lord, and open up our eyes and our ears and our hearts of understanding that tonight when we leave this building, we will love you more. Serve you, Jesus. Bring peace and bring comfort. Bring your heart to every individual. We just come tonight to minister to you with faith believing. Even as we understand we're influencing others around us. And may all who come behind us find us faithful. Oh Jesus, let there be enough evidence in our lives. That we walked with you and talked with you. Let us be like... Enoch was that walked with you and was not. Strengthen the weary. Feed our souls as we feed together on the word of God. Give us revelation, Lord, and inspiration for the rapture and the change. Whatever we have need of tonight, we ask you for it. And believe that there's an abundance for us. In Jesus Christ's name, we just thank you, Lord. Bless your holy name. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, musicians and singers. And Amen. We'll turn right to the scripture. Can we turn to the book of Psalms and book of Proverbs for a little reading? Psalms chapter 84. Just two Sundays ago, one of our uh, warriors was uh, streaming the morning service, Brother Tim Dodd's service, and that was his last Sunday morning that he streamed our Brother Hugh message. And little did we know in the coming days that that would be his last opportunities to be on this earth. And after this last week, I think it's good for all of us to just uh, say, Lord, I want there to be enough evidence when when I'm gone that we serve the Lord Jesus and that we love the Lord without a shadow of a doubt that uh, our hearts were woven with Jesus Christ. I know that your desire is ours is tonight. Psalms 84 verse 8. If we can just uh, read down through verse 12 and especially verse 10, real familiar scripture. Tonight's not going to beneath over anyone's head. Psalms 84 verse 8. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in thy courts 
is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Verse 10 is a wonderful verse. I believe it's our hearts tonight. A day in thy courts is better than a thousand means. I would rather spend one day in the courts of the Lord than a thousand outside of his presence. And a thousand days is almost three years. So it's really bringing the main thing to focus. I would rather spend one day in the presence of God than a thousand outside of his presence. And when the Bible goes on to say, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. You'll find Brother Branham um, using that verse and saying, I'd rather be a doormat in the house of my God. Are we there tonight that we'd rather be a doormat in the house of our God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness? So God bless you. All of you are greater than a doormat tonight. So we ought to be really happy. Verse 11, for the Lord, God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Amen. We trust in you. Can we turn to Proverbs 18 verse 24? We want our Sunday nights to be an evening where we can feed from the word and not just not leave with uh, our focus on the man or who was preaching or but to hear from the heart of God and go hear something that we can um, feed on even through the week. Proverbs 18 verse 24. Let's read this uh, verse out loud together. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Many of us have friends on this earth. And many of you tonight are closer as brothers and sisters in Christ than our natural brothers and sisters. But I wonder if we can say the last part of verse 24 is our lovely Lord Jesus. There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. That's you, Lord Jesus. God bless you as you have your seats tonight. I want to bring you greetings from Dallas, Texas and the church there. Brother uh, Dennis, uh, D- David McGarry. Sorry, Brother Dennis is David's brother. Uh, David McGarry and the church. We uh, slipped away that um, we're scheduled to leave that Thursday morning. Uh, Brother, who passed away. We just moved our ticket later to Friday and... Was able to be with the family a little bit, the message family, and then uh, flew there and had services, flew right back Sunday night. So we bring you greetings from them. Just a real wonderful meetings and young people and people from places that uh, love you and I bring you greetings. Amen. Tonight we'd like to speak um, decisions and choices at crossroads and junctions. And um, decisions and choices... At crossroads and junctions. And we just like to look at this coming um, into 2020, this new year, that every person, no matter how young they might be, even little babies, make decisions. Choices, uh, whether you be a, a child tonight, an adolescent, uh, or a teenager, 
a young adult or middle-aged or someone that's come into your elder years or older, we, we all have made decisions and choices in our past. Have we not? Even today, even in the next five minutes, all of us are going to be making decisions and choices in our lives. Today, we made choices. And if the Lord would tarry just uh, maybe another day, maybe Tuesday, uh, the resurrection will happen, maybe another week or month or year or five years or 20, there's going to be decisions and choices that we make. And God brings us all to crossroads and to junctions. And though life is not just all a level uh, walking journey for the Christian. There's turns in the road. There's ups and downs. As we're going to get into a little later and, and show by Brother Branham's life that even as a prophet and as a Holy Ghost field uh, minister and as a brother, there was decisions and choices that he made as a person. That God is wanting our thoughts and our minds to be controlled by the Holy Ghost. Don't you want to be a prisoner to the Holy Ghost? I'm, this is not a, a, the message does not come to control us. It came to set our hearts free so that it's a life of love. I was just so happy for Sister Sylvia in these last weeks. She's been such a strong Christian lady. To walk with her husband as uh, down through these last months and to be with him to his last breath. And then through the last week as we were with her, with her family, even at the graveside, uh, Brother Mark Ajo was playing with us at the graveside. And, and just to see her heart just so exuding out the faith of God ought to give all of us a lot of inspiration tonight. That no matter what we go through, there's still faith and and comfort and love for our journey. Amen. Um, I don't know why I said that, but God bless Sister Sylvia tonight. Amen. And bless her heart. But as we look at the decisions and choices that you might be making even tonight, it is very vital for all of us. And I'm including myself. It's very important. That the word be the main thing. In fact, it's paramount. It, it's, it's the most important thing in our decisions and the choices that we make. That the word of God be our standard. Because we're all human. And God made us with emotions and feelings. And we all have a spirit. And we all have a body. But that's not what should be controlling our decisions. Whether we're male or female or born in Africa or China or Canada or U.S. or wherever you're from. It's the soul of the believer that is connected to the word. In junction of time, we're just going to go to a scripture in a moment. But Brother Branham was speaking about the end time and how angels appear in the end time. And prophets and signposts, how they point and saying that. The angels will appear and prophets will arise. Signs and wonders. And if God did that for those little junctions back there, what will he do now when all hell is turned loose? When all hell is turned loose? I believe tonight we're living in a time when those 200,000 thousand demons have been released against the bride. and We live in a great day of pressure. And in this day of pressure, Satan is coming in with all kinds of spirits. 
and temptations that the bride has got to discern at every junction, at every crossroad. What is the mind of the Lord? What is our own mind? What might be Satan trying to come in? And he comes in like a flood. I was just speaking to Brother Tom briefly in the back study, but Satan, even while he was gone, tried to swipe at some within the assembly. Try to bring uh, certain trials and battles and bring up things from the past or try to bring up issues or new issues. But at every crossroad of our lives, the Lord Jesus is present. I want to encourage you tonight because he said when all hell turns loose, all heaven will turn loose. So as we come into 2020, let's be looking for heaven to be breaking loose. He said angels appearing, signs and wonders on the earth. When the counterfeits are rising, God is proving what is right and what is wrong. So counterfeits are going to show up this year. People that were walking, you would say, with the Lord. Or you thought, maybe others thought they really had a real... Close with walk with the Lord, but it turns out it was counterfeit. It was so close, but not real. God is proving in your life and just wanting to prove with an acid test that you are a son and a daughter of God. Don't run from the crossroad. Don't run from the junction. You know, Brother Branham, in that message, Junction of Time, must have raised his voice and got a little excited. And he said, I don't mean to yell at you, but it's burning in our souls. I pray God burn in our souls. Thinking, he said, just before uh, he's talking about those that he's delivered in the past. He delivered them. He did all kinds of signs and wonders. And they sent a bunch of people up there to take this certain prophet in the Old Testament by force. And he said, if a man, if I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven. And Brother Branham said, watch how fire comes each time. Watch how prophets come each time. Watch how the miraculous is done each time. Watch how God vindicates himself in healing and powers each time. Just at the crossroad. Never before, but right at the crossroad, at the junctions, when there's a change, a change in time, watch for God. Let let us be watching for you tonight. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 64, if you have your scripture, your Bible really close. As we travel to different places, I'm sure as the brothers travel, they find that more and more it's becoming electronic. People are bringing their devices, their phones, their tablets, even putting the scriptures on the screen. And I'm not speaking against that, but I'm just saying, God help us don't become lazy. But let us get into the message and get into the Bible and turn the pages and every page, every verse, every line. Amen. Isaiah chapter 64. Watch this verse really closely. As we don't read the word of God just critically, but we read it as spiritual people. Isaiah 64 verse 4. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard, nor perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared For them that waiteth for him. 
Now, this is one verse of scripture that if you marked it or read it, it's really like a, like a prophecy. It's speaking about from the beginning of the world that men have not heard or perceived by the ear. Neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. Now, if you'd like to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This again is another scripture that might seem common, but it's to show a progression in the word. And to show us how God's heart is open to the bride at the end time in our decisions and in our choices that we're making, even in 2020, that we need the word present. And don't just stop at this verse or that chapter and put a period, but let the Holy Spirit work in your heart. Now, I see it's already Sunday night and some are resting already, but this is our time to feed off the word. All right, we had a good lunch and nice fellowship, but this is the time around the word. First Corinthians chapter two, verse seven. Paul is speaking here in the New Testament. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Verse 9, now Paul is referring back to Isaiah that we just read, Isaiah 64. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And many people stop right there and they say, how great is our God and there's hidden things. But the very next verse really opens another chapter, another part for us. But God hath revealed them unto us. Amen. You could have stopped after Isaiah and said, how great is our God? And that would have been wonderful. You could have stopped after verse nine and said, my, I hath not seen and ear hath not heard. And it's not entered into the heart of men what God hath prepared for us. And you would have said, how great is our God? But Paul was trying to move our faith deeper. And tonight I'm bringing this thought into your decisions and your choices. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. We need to go deeper. We need to find out that the eye, this eye has never seen or these ears have never heard. But God is revealing to the hearts of the believer. He's revealing these things to us. He's searching out the things that have been prepared for us. That's why the message is so wonderful. So don't stop in verse 9 and just say how great is our God. But go to verse 10 and say, God, reveal to me at this crossroad and at this junction of my life, I need a revelation. And tonight, I just want to encourage you. It's not just your daddy's revelation, your mommy's revelation, the Sunday school teacher's revelation. The prophet's revelation, it's now become a people. God's revelation in the people. Revealed by the prophet. I wonder tonight what these things mean to us. As we've heard over the years, 
But I wonder if they can settle deeper into our hearts tonight at, at your time of decision or in your choices that you're making as a believer. As Brother Branham would say in spoken, where is the original seed? Speaking about the harmony that existed between Jesus and the Father, but now exists between Christ and the bride. And how he shows her. Now bring this into your heart tonight about your decisions. He shows her his word of life. He shows her and she receives it. She doesn't doubt it. Nothing can harm her. Not even death. Not even death harms the real seed of God. We're in this body in one moment and in the next we're in another dimension. It didn't harm us. Brother Hugh message wasn't harmed. In one moment at 621 on the Thursday morning, I got a text from Sister Nicole. Pray for daddy. His heart, he's just struggling in his heart. By 641, he had already moved into another dimension. So he took one breath here, just toward the end. His heart started to beat and go irregular. But just in a few minutes, it he wasn't harmed. It was the presence of God saying, precious, precious, precious. In the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. It's not something to be fearful about for the believer. It's something to say, Lord, receive me, receive me. It is hell on earth when you're caught between opinions and you don't know which way to go. And Satan's warring in your mind and maybe there's a complex mixed involved and you start to resent what the word is trying to direct you to. That is hell on earth. You start to resent the Holy Spirit and you're wanting to cut it off and push it to the back of your mind. Don't do that tonight. Tonight's an encouragement that at this crossroad. And at this junction of your life, we should be thankful that God is beckoning to us and giving us faith for these type of things. It's so real, but I wonder if it really has the meaning tonight that it should. At these decisions and junctions, when he spoke about, here is the secret. The word is in the bride and the mind of Christ to know what he wants done with the word. And she does it in his name. She has thus saith the Lord. So now it's not just Isaiah saying, oh, no one's ever seen it and you'll never understand it. And then it's not just in the Corinthians stopping at verse nine and saying, I has never seen and ears have never heard. And there's like a mental block there. God took the mental block away. And he's trying to let the bride know he's revealing these things. She has the mind of Christ. Tonight we ought to know what he once done with the word. We ought to know what is God's thoughts about that matter. We ought to know. You say, well, how can I know? God sent a prophet. He's given us a messenger. And he's given you and I the Holy Spirit. That we can cry back, Abba, Father, my Father, show me the way. What should be my attitude about this? 
What do you, Lord, you know down the road. It's too late of an hour to get caught up in a snare and get caught up in a trap and, and to find out as weeks and months go by that you were deceived. Satan deceives the church by coming into her mind and giving her a false spirit and, and pretty soon she's thinking and way out on a limb. Uh, it takes the Holy Spirit to capture the heart. It's the goodness of God that will deliver you from false doctrine. Thank the Lord for ministry that can feed off the word. As we heard this morning, feed off of inside that veil and inside Canaan's land. And come out and let us know that we can have the mind of Christ. There ought not to be any dictators then or manipulators or people that are driven by emotion and are passionate about getting their own mind across. It ought to be just the opposite. There should be widespread death to self. And what can we do to humble ourselves? And how can I get lower so that he can get higher? So that when Satan comes in like a flood, it's not just the minister's a cell phone number that is your 911 call. But it's my God, my Father, my healer, my provider. Invite Him into your decision. I'm speaking to all young and old and middle aged. Invite the Lord Jesus into your choice. Hallelujah. We've come into a time of 2020 when now the bride has matured from the 40s and 50s now up through after 2000 and 2020 when there ought to be from the young to the old a thus saith the Lord. We heard it tonight. I am a promise. I am a possibility. That's out of the mouth of one of our children that's been birthed in a family under the token And then Brother Branham goes on to talk about they do only his will. This is a prophet sowing the seed into believers' hearts. They do only his will. So if you start to pray in important matters, what is your will in my life? And you seek to stay neutral. Then you pray and then seek God's leading you this way. And then you wait a little longer. And the most important thing ought to be prayer. Then as it seems like God is leading you in a certain way. If you make the wrong decision and make the wrong choice. God is able to deal with you as he has men and women of old. And your heart is going to be very sensitive to get back on track. I just went I just went through and very quickly a quote that would have took about five minutes to read. But that was a question. Brother Branham, how do I find God's will in some important matters? And it's remaining neutral. It's keeping prayer first. It's desiring, thus saith the Lord. Are we awake tonight? It's, it's the Holy Spirit trying to say, but I've given you ears to hear. I've given you eyes to see. You understand now. Now in 2020. After the opening of the word. And the mighty angel coming down. To break our minds. And break our wills. 
Satan is struggling. He tries to put in and propagate his message to people today, even in the ranks of the message, even Christians. And it's time for you and I as individuals to say, Lord, I'm earnest for thus saith the Lord. You might remember the last time we spoke and that was what Brother Branham spoke. And who do you say that this is? In December the 27th, just his, after his last Christmas, Brother Branham said, give me a church that's so completely anointed with God till their every action and move is thus saith the Lord. I wish I could have put that on the screen again tonight. God, give us a church. And I know he was referring to the bride global, but what's wrong with Cloverdale Bible Way? What's wrong with your family? What's wrong with my family? What's wrong with us as individuals? Getting under a burden. Saying, God, give me that kind of experience where I can be so completely anointed with God till our every action and move is thus saith the Lord. Say, that standard's too high. That standard's too high. I Lift the standard, Lord. Lift the standard in our lives. Away from media. Away from the world. Away from education. That's what we heard this morning. God, break that spirit off of us. If there's some spirit of the enemy that's trying to come in and delude our thirst. May the Lord, like a heat-seeking missile, expose that thing. It's one thing to be exposed and, and be delivered. It's another thing to be filled. But when God does it, that's why He can come right behind that. Say, whatever's filled up your time, let the Holy Ghost fill your time. It's one thing to repent of your sin. It's another thing to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You say, a life of service. Is just our reasonable service. Every moment we could give to God, every breath that we could breathe for Christ, is just our reasonable service. Brother Cobus yesterday sent us an update of the messages that had been done recently and uh, posted to the message hub. And I noticed the German translation was zero, zero, zero. No messages, no lines, no work. And I immediately responded back to Brother Cobus. Who is going to take Brother Hugh's place? Who is going to take that one voice, that one man, that one faithful soldier? Who's going to take his place? You say, well, no one can take a person's place. That's exactly true. But the work of God goes on. Friends, we have never met one another really. We've never met the real you. We never met the real you. We just saw what he said, what he'd done. I, I have pages here. I have pages and pages of evidence that Brother Hugh message. And by his works and by his life, he was a son of God. But what about our lives? As I got the word, as I mentioned during his service, as uh, at the Vancouver airport, I was dropping off my family, some of them to go to Dallas. And I got the news that Brother Hugh had passed and I pulled into the gas station there. And was communicating with Sister Nicole and Sister Sylvia 
And as I got back on the road, on the highway, immediately I was listening to Shalom, 1964. And I heard these next few words, Brother Darren, where Brother Branham goes right into it. We have only one avenue out of this, and that's the avenue of death. We've all got to walk that path. Whether we, the most righteous or the most holy one among us, we pack one another over the other one's grave. Even Lazarus, he sleepeth. Jesus told them in the language that they knew that he's dead. And he goes on to speak about this. But he said, he that heareth and believeth on me has everlasting life. Shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death unto life. He said, there's really no death to a Christian. Now tonight I'm speaking about decisions and choices. And for some age groups, they're listening very close. And I observe that sometimes. Because there's many that are making decisions from service to service. There's people that are making choices in life. Life choices. Life decisions. Spiritual decisions. Things in their marriage, things in their careers, things in their jobs or their education or in their family or just... Decisions of life, choices that we all make. Don't you want to make the right decision? But it's it's important to hear the word that can be just cut and dry, black and white. And it just blows out the flues. Then when we go to make a decision, it's for Christ. It's what does the word say about that? Do we understand? And he just goes on to say, this is just a few minutes. After hearing of one of our faithful soldiers had went on, he said, frankly, we have never seen each other. We have never seen one another. You hear something speaking out of a body here that impersonates whatever's on the inside. But then we, when we talk to each other, we're really not talking to the body. It's the spirit inside. The body is the thing that identifies the spirit that's on the inside. But when we speak to each other, we quickly can understand right away whether we are Christians or not. Because there's a fellowship in the spirit that we talk from. Hallelujah. He said it vibrates one to another whether we're Christians or not. Therefore, we have never seen each other. Is that incredible? I mean, we talk about our hair, our nose, our teeth, our feet, and all of our body parts, but we have never seen one another. But there's a life on the inside that vibrates to another Christian. Then he made an astounding thing, statement. He said, God doesn't make anything that perishes us. Now, a critic would say, Brother John, you just heard less than five minutes ago, Brother Hugh passed away. Here a prophet was saying, God doesn't make anything that perishes. God corrects our thoughts. Brother Hugh just took another step into another body. He's waiting for us tonight. He didn't perish. Hello, everybody. I mean, we talk about choices and decisions. God is eternal. Therefore, this life that we now live in is only reflecting what's ahead of us. The real one that cannot die. The body that cannot perish. The life that cannot be taken. 
Therefore, the scriptures is right when it says we have everlasting life. We have eternal life. We shall never die. When you're born again, you become a part of God. You are forever, for eternity, never to fail. You are a part of God because you're his son. Just take that devil. Brother Hugh Message was a son of God. But bring that down into your life. If you're a daughter of God, you say, I can never perish. Let me say this very nicely. Let's all of us leave enough evidence when we do go into that other place for the ministry. Let's leave enough evidence that down here on this earth, leave enough footsteps that they're not ashamed at your graveside service or at your memorial service. I think it ought to thunder through our lifetime. I'm a believer. I love the Lord Jesus. You say, Brother John, you know, we hear such powerful ministry and are influenced by such dynamic men of God, and we are. It just seems like every decision and everything we do, it just... But we fall shorter. I'm not where I ought to be. And that's what was laid upon our heart for Brother Hugh's service. When Jesus said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. He said that in Matthew 25, verse 21. Then he said to the man that had just got two talents, just a smaller portion. He said, The Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. I know some of you are zoned out, but I tell you what, friends, if we would pass into that other dimension and hear that voice say, well done. Enter thou into the joys of the Lord. You talk about everything in our life just fading away. All the ups and downs and and the decisions we made or the choices that maybe we weren't faithful over everything. Maybe we weren't always sensitive the way we ought to be. And I think in 2020, there ought to be enough humility, especially in those that are senior or mature, that we're not always right. And we do have uh, areas to grow. And as dispensations and times change, and as the message has now gone on for years, that we are in cycles and seasons, that I, I thank God that He gives you wisdom. Gives you understanding about the choices that you're making. About the decisions that you have to make for Him. I wonder what these things mean to us. Tonight out of the church age book when we hear those in the bride do only his will. No one can make them do otherwise. I think I need to repeat that. Those in the bride do only his will. No one can make them do otherwise. It's like blinders on a racehorse. You are focused on the prize. You're a God-called believer. And no one can make you do otherwise. Whether they're cheering for you or they're persecuting you, 
Stay focused tonight. No one can make you do otherwise. Now that's the time as a believer, if you have allowed things in your life to make you do otherwise, you need to say, devil, you might have got me in the past, but I'm making a decision for Christ. Not every service is always a salvation and getting people to the altar service. But there are every service ought to be where every believer can anchor yourself down a little deeper. And let the complexes and let the things that seem complicated and so intricately. If we're going to get into that before we close. What complexes are. And they consist of many different things and things that connect in our lives. Things that kind of get repressed way back there somewhere. But then they cause conflict and affect our behavior. That's what a complex is. Things get complicated and. Everything becomes not simple. Starts getting you thinking in a certain way that's not the mind of Christ. Starts to get you going down a pathway that's not thus saith the Lord. So we hear something like in the church age book where he said, They have thus saith the Lord or they keep still. They know that it has to be God in them doing the works. Fulfilling his own word. He did not complete all of his work while in his earthly ministry. So now he works in and through the bride. That's not devaluing Christ and saying he's lower. That's elevating his choice of the bride. You are his glory. God is so happy tonight to see you have a need and commit that to him. And he can demonstrate his word. He just loves to get you to a crossroad and a junction to see what you're going to do about that. Then he goes on to say this. She knows that. So now this is something that's come to our hearts. Oh, he did not complete everything. All of his work while he was here in his earthly ministry. So now in 2020, there's something for us to do. Period. Then he goes on to say, she knows that. For it was not yet time for him to do certain things that he must now do. But he will now fulfill through the bride that work which he left for this specific time. So Lord, we make ourselves available this year. We open up our hearts for the Holy Spirit to come down through this channel. This God sent channel of you and I as a believer. I I need to speak about crossroads and junctions for just a little bit. Because it's very clear in the message Shalom, if you listen to it, when he talks about hard trials. And how when trials come to a believer, it's to break the bands of the world that gets on us. Things that creep in, things that flutter our minds, seeds that Satan sows through his channels. Sometimes God lets us have a little trial to see what we'll do. I'm quoting a prophet in Shalom. God lets us have a little trial, but to us it's a big trial, but I'll just use his words, a little trial, to see what we'll do. 
to take you out of the world. In other words, let you have a little trial and knock you out of that organization. That idea. He goes on to speak about that group. That if you don't believe it like my church believes it, you don't believe it at all. Sometimes he lets a little trial happen. Maybe you get a sick baby. Maybe something takes place right at the hour of death. Maybe someone is taken from you or something. What's it to do? Well, if you'd ask a worldly person, their heart gets hardened. They would say, why me? I was just over the last week with someone and they, something happened in a family. I think it was, it was either a mother or a daughter was taken away from a family. And for 10 years, someone just went into a spiral. Thank God they came back to the Lord. But to the carnal mind, when we go through trials, if we're not careful in our mind or way of thinking, we can go on a side path. We can go for years fighting a battle that we is already over. Killing innocent people. Holding people to task and hanging things over people's head that God has forgiven you of ten times more. God has forgiven you of ten times more. How quick we ought to be to forgive one another. How quick we ought to plead the blood of Jesus. I hold up tonight. Excuse me for keep referring to Brother Hugh message. He won't mind though. His feelings aren't hurt. (laughs) Look at this prayer list. I mean, this prayer list has most of your names on it. I showed Brother Biscoe. His was the first one. (laughs) He loved the ministry. Brother Hugh Message. He went right down through the translation ministries, the local ministries, the homeschoolers, the teachers, the Sunday school, Terry T. Ketch. Sam Ray, Glenn Gruner, Martin Woman, Mark Aho, Marco Van Inter. He went right down through the deacons, trustees, wives. We've got handwritten notes. We've got ministries from all over the world and their families. Overseas ministries, personal friends, individual ministries, co-workers, support workers, childhood friends, family friends, men he served with in, in, in 11 years of service. Am I boring you tonight? Personal friends and their families, co-workers, warriors, helpers, the wounded, brothers and sisters, his children and, and grandchildren, their families and relatives. Most of your names I'm holding tonight. A man prayed for you. I thank God for those prayers. And if that don't help you, here's your name on a phone list. I found this in his Bible. It's not a phone list. It's a prayer list. Your names are there. Say, nobody cares about me, Brother John. Nobody knows about me. Be careful your name don't get on a phone list. Sister Megan knows there's people that don't want on our phone list. That's just fine. But I need all the prayers I can get.
Let me just say something personal. Brother Hugh Message was 79 years old. I'm 32 years younger than Brother Hugh, but... At the, at the graveside service, as we were talking some days before, they were desiring a little bit of military presence and something from the military. And they asked for a Canadian flag. And so the funeral director was so gracious and they had his UN peacekeeper hat. He served in Egypt. He served in Germany. He was a, a Canadian, a warrior. But spiritually, I just felt that there, there ought to be a spiritual Something added in the military part. So our brother Silas Ray, 15 years old, which is a cadet here for the Canadian military. And I thought it'd be so wonderful to have brother Silas present there. So brother Silas, which is also part of the cadet military, came with with the flag, bore the flag, dressed in uniform, full uniform. And because it was pouring raining there at one o'clock on Thursday, he stood outside and the rain was coming down. But Brother Silas stood there at attention, standing guard. But to me, it's more than a natural tribute, Brother Silas. It was a legacy to our Brother Hugh message that though his body was laying in between us. And I was looking directly across with Brother uh, Silas's eyes, into his eyes, as he stood at salute. And we stood with our Bible as the last words were being said and the flag was being folded. But to me, it was more than a natural event. It was a spiritual event. It was like he was passing on the baton. Saying, I have fought my fight. I have run my course. But now it is your time, brothers and sisters. It is your time, young people. It is our time tonight. Keep it coming, Lord. Keep screaming it out through somebody. Oh, you say that ought not to be said or quiet that type of screaming out there, but it needs to be said more. God, give us more young men and women that will take up the sword. Hallelujah. If I would show you his German translations, which I have here, they're full of colored messages. This is the message oneness. If I would show you his messages of Brother Branham, this is Feast of the Trumpets. They are marked up and written on. He was a believer of the message. If I showed you the long list of messages in the German language that Brother Kobus provided of our Brother Hugh message. That right up through the last... Weeks of his life, with his trembling hand, he was just trying to translate, what does that mean in the German language? I would say he ran well. But now, it is down to us. He's made his choice. He's made his decision. And what a decision it was. What a choice it was made. 1984. He's not a believer. He's not even a Christian. And Sister Sylvia and some of the girls were attending Cloverdale Bible Way. Brother Biscoe was their pastor in 1984 and before. Brother Hugh was not serving the Lord. 
But he attended a Billy Graham crusade there in BC Stadium in Vancouver. And he acknowledges that on that Thursday night at 8.15, he was birthed into the kingdom and he gave his heart to Christ. And within days and weeks as he was around his family and started to attend Cloverdale Bible Way, the message began to challenge his heart. And he was baptized and gave his heart to the Lord and was unwavering for all these many years. That's a faithful soldier that has now lived his life. But now Brother Branham brings this into focus. Sometimes he lets a little trial happen. A sick baby or someone taken from you. What's it to do? It's to break you away and to show you something to open your eyes. Maybe you come to criticize. Maybe you're listening to the tape he said just to criticize. Maybe God's doing that to break some of the worldly bands that's got you bound down. He permits the junctions and the crossroads to do that. Sometimes God has to do it that way. Stand on his promises. The word for they never fail. The future, that's in his hands. Just stand like they did and don't give away. He's talking about the three Hebrew children. How they stood in the fire. And all the fire did was just burn their bands off. Tonight we need to have that kind of courage. And let the fourth man come and vindicate himself. Let it burn off all the bands that hold us. To where even unbelievers say, my, the form of the fourth man is like the son of God. Is there anybody here that's ever been criticized? Made fun of? Not very many. (laughs) Blessed to be persecuted. As we heard this morning, blessed are you that are persecuted. Brother Branham in Shalom says, when somebody begins to make fun of you and say, oh, she's old fashioned and look at him. Oh, I'll tell you, they used to be this goes on like that. It's growing pains. That's that persecution is good for you. It's good for you. You say, but not when it's another believer. It's good for you. I'd rather spend one day in the presence of God than a thousand with the wicked. I'm going back to Psalms now. We'd rather be a doorkeeper and a doormat in the house of God and let everybody that walked in here tonight walk all over you. But I'd rather be in the presence of God. God give us more men and women like that. Not just on Sunday, but Monday and Tuesday. When the texts come in and the emails come in and, and you're in school or when you're in the battle. That's the test. That's the test. Not when somebody's raising their hand and shouting glory next to you, but when you're being persecuted. Something comes inside of you and says, this is good for me. That's kind of strange, isn't it? That's kind of different than the world thinks. That's kind of opposite than what you feel to do and give them a piece of your mind. We're we're talking about the mind of Christ. Where our actions and our moves become thus saith the Lord. Oh, you say that's for another group of people. That's for someone else. That's for the bride. That's for the people we've been preaching about and preaching to all, all these years. 
is to get to that place and honing in on down where it's not just the preachers. It's not just the prophet, but they under their messenger become the final voice. Growing pains. I remember being a young man and a young boy. We lived in a certain house in Clarksville, Indiana and waking up and there's pains. Now you understand it's growing pains. But that's what persecution is. It's growing pains. And God permits crosses and crossroads. Why do they call it crossroads? Why do they call it crossroads? Why do they call it a junction? You come up to an intersection because you have a choice. You have a decision. Oh, how God is just pulsating to demonstrate himself at that junction. Just at that crossroad where maybe it's been immature in the past or you failed in the past. Let's let the Holy Spirit now grow up through us to where she has thus saith the Lord or she keeps still. She begins to allow now these crosses and junctions He always does that in order to perfect us for his service. He permits those things to happen. Can't you understand that? He does that so he can perfect you for the calling that he has called you for. That's your growing pains. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. I'm going to end in one more quote here. But may the footprints that we leave lead them to believe. And the lives we live inspire men and women to obey. Not question. Not wonder what you believe and where are you coming from. But let there be no doubt. Let it be without dispute. Let it be so great of God's glory that even if they disagree with you, God will come behind you in their heart and just make it like it never happened. Now that is a real believer. That even though our enemies, though they bitterly disagree with us, will have to be able to say, that woman or that man, they know God. Can we all agree with that? Now, I have a lot more things to say, but I'm not going to say them. This is going to be our last quote tonight. There was a time just after Christmas that influenced Brother Branham in the message influence. And I want you to listen really close. And it reminded him of a story. He's preaching this in Chicago. Of how a man went from a Christmas party to Christmas party on Christmas Eve. And taking presents through the neighborhood to his colleagues and neighbors. And each time there he went to a place he would take a drink. And the next he would go to the next house and he would take a drink. 
By the time he got all his presents give out and on the ones he'd collected on the road back, he thought he'd take a shortcut through the park. And it had fallen about four or six inches of snow. And he found himself, he couldn't walk straight. Tonight we're speaking about decisions and choices. And it's Christmas Eve and he's walking through a park where there'd just been about four or six inches of snow and he couldn't even walk straight. He's going zigzag all over the place because he had been influenced by all of these drinks. We would say he had too many spirits. He had been under the influence. He's trying to walk home and he's walking all zigzag and through the snow. But he noticed way back behind him, not able to keep up with him, was his teeny little seven-year-old boy. And the boy was trying to make these big steps, you know. He was trying to go along and he was falling over and he was zigzagging all over the place. The man looked back in the snow and he saw his young boy, those that coming behind him, just falling all over the place. So he waited till the little lad caught up with him and he said, what are you walking like that for, son? And sometimes we can look around or we can look behind us. And this goes for elders or leaders or whoever you are tonight. If someone's following you, we can look behind us and criticize or try to bring correction or wonder why. Ask the question, why are you walking like that? He said, daddy. I'm just trying to step in your steps. Daddy, I'm just trying to step in your... In other words, that's why I'm falling all over. That's why I'm zigzagging. That's why I'm taking all these big steps and I'm walking like this. It's because I'm trying to stay in your steps. And Brother Branham stopped and he said, it's my last major comment tonight. He said... You see, that's more than just an example because it's the truth that your children, you set the pace for them. So we all have choices. We all have decisions. As we started the service from a little baby, a child, an adolescent, a teenager, middle-aged or old people, we all have Crossroads and junctions and we're making choices. We're making decisions. And this man had walked through four or six inches of snow and there was someone trying to find him. I'm sure he was trying to ask, why are you walking like that? Because in his mind, he's walking just fine. He's just going home. But he was under the influence. He was not walking straight because he wasn't even thinking straight, let alone walking straight. And a prophet is bringing that to us in influence saying, you set the pace for them. In other words, we set the pace for those that are coming behind us. I wonder tonight how many would say, Lord, I want to make the right decision. I want to make the right choice so that those that come behind me can find me faithful. And I want to be under the right spirit. And the right influence. And it ought to bring a sharp challenge to us. 
God, may our actions and our moves be thus saith the Lord or just keep still. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, God, for the word of God. Word of God ever true, changing us, changing, Lord, our outlook, changing our attitudes, changing our minds, changing our hearts. Give us clean hands, give us clean hearts. Give us a life that we can live and not be ashamed of the gospel. And Lord, if we hear the truth and somehow resent it in our heart, forgive us. As Brother Drake prayed in his prayer tonight. Forgive us, Lord, if we have walked zigzagging and all over the place and then been critical. Then looked around and wondered maybe why those around us or behind us are walking the way they are. Let us come back to ourselves and ask you, Lord, at this crossroad and at this junction, what is your decision and what is your choice? Lord, may not the lives that have gone before us be lived in vain. Brother Tom mentioned some names this morning and there's names that are even throughout the world. Even our brother John LaFontaine that passed away also in the last week. We could speak of others, Lord, that have gone on to their reward even in the last months. And I was so encouraged this morning to hear from Europe that one of the pastors that had passed away just a few weeks ago, that his son gave his heart to the Lord just a few weeks ago. And just this morning, that young man's wife gave her heart to the Lord. It was in another meeting. It was in another, uh, another pastor was behind the pulpit. Another man of God was preaching the word. The torch was passed. The baton was passed. It shows that your work will continue on. That we don't have to fret and worry and be fearful about the future. But our lives are in your hands. Oh, Jesus, it gave us such a great inspiration. As one pastor this morning gave us a testimony of in his own church, how his young daughter gave her heart to the Lord. Just 12 years old. Lord, these are things we hear. Because you brought the book of Acts so down to our fingertips. That as time goes on, and as the years are turned and the months are turned... Jesus, let our hearts remain faithful on you. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that if in any of us have erred or wandered away from your will for our lives, that you would speak to us and let us be quick to come back to your will. And as many are at crossroad or junctions in their personal prayers, may you be very present, Lord Jesus. We ask that you not be silent to them, but that you would come in these times of crossroad and junctions and show them the word of God is ever for them, ever waving them on, ever cheering them on, ever, ever waving on to them by their lives. That so can we remain faithful and true. 
Even as our brother Hugh message, 79 years, whether we're older or middle-aged or younger, it still calls out to our souls tonight. Lord, if some are in the valley of decision or making choices that are very serious, important as they are, we ask that your presence and your word would be very clear to them. As they speak to you privately and as they open up the scripture, as they hear your prophet's voice thundering and echoing, in the corridors of their hearts. I pray that it would literally turn our hearts as as these truths that's been revealed has turned our hearts. Let it be more precious and precious as we near you, Lord. I pray that for the people, for strength, Lord, and healing. But also as we come into this new year that you would give us divine revelation. Let us not stop with verse 9. That eye hath not seen and ear hath not heard and neither hath it entered into the hearts of men or women. But let us go to verse 10 and say, but God has revealed these things to us. And we desire you to reveal them more. Lord Jesus, strengthen us as we go tonight. And if one of us this week would be called to our home, our land, the land beyond the river. As Brother Tom and I, Brother Murphy, Brother Tim, and those that visited Brother Hugh Message and other believers. He was so positive right up until the end, always reassuring. Even when he couldn't respond very much with his words, he was shaking his head and nodding his head and tears would come out of his eyes. Lord Jesus, let every breath that we take be for the Lord Jesus Christ. May we not be ashamed this coming week. O Word of God, ever give you this one last little testimony I was with a lady a week and a half ago early in the morning she was an elderly lady she she's not a Christian not a believer and uh, we were in a place and she was just telling me a little bit about her life she says my whole right side is paralyzed it's just totally numb on this right side but then she just kind of burst out in a smile but she said I'm thankful that I'm left-handed I thought, that's amazing. Somebody that's not even a Christian, not even a believer, can say her whole, whole right side was paralyzed and numb. But my, I'm so thankful that I'm left-handed. I thought, Lord, help us to be more thankful. If someone in the world can be that cheery and thankful and bright, what about the bride of Christ? And especially to you and I, that he's taken away all your spiritual paralysis. And we have no reason to be sad or mad, but only in the presence of God this week. Live your life for Christ. 
We have the privilege of being Holy Ghost filled this week and making someone else's life easier and being an inspiration and being a joy. God bless all of your hearts. Brother Silas, would you like to come and close tonight in prayer? Yes. We served on Thursday. We might as well serve on Sunday together. And as these elder soldiers take their place and salute us and go to their rewards, let us find our place. And let us not quench from the call. And let us not kind of fall back in our shoes and say no. But let us be willing to say yes. Here am I, Lord. I'm stepping up into the battle. Put on the uniform this week. Put on the the life of Christ. Let's bow our heads together.